When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It's starting to feel like the Trailblazers are either trying to pull the wool over Dame's eyes or trying to convince themselves of something that just isn't true. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris, I, I don't know how, if you are in Portland right now, you can think that you can actually contend in the short term, based on being able to go out and get free agents around Dame next week, or whatever it is, here's Joe Cronin, the Blazers GM, on the idea that Dame can be a part of a winning team up in Portland. Dame badly, badly wants to win. And he's probably being more vocal about that than ever, but I don't look at that as a negative. He's bought in. He wants it to work here, and he's challenging us to get it done, which I think is more than fair, and he's earned that. Chris, here was uh, Cronin's uh, statement after meeting with Lillard apparently yesterday. I met with Damon Aaron Goodwin, his agent, this afternoon. We had a great dialogue. We we remain committed to building a winner around Damon. Yeah, that sounds all well and good. That's yeah. But Dame has got his house on the market in Portland, and Dame has let it be known that he has no appetite for a rebuild. And looking at what the Trailblazers have done in the draft, it feels like they're going with a youth movement. And I don't think that they're on the verge of moving any of those young pieces, that being Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simon, or the guy they just drafted in Scoot Henderson. So I don't know that they're going to be able to surround Dame with the veteran help that he's been asking for the last couple of years in order to ascend to a championship level and challenge the Denver Nuggets out of the West. And I'm sorry, but them hoping and wishing upon a star that Draymond Green is going to bestow his good graces on you in free agency is a pipe dream. Hell, they'd be lucky if they re-signed Jeremy Grant, who all of a sudden is a hot commodity because he's a 20-point-a-night scorer. So I, I just don't see Portland being able to do enough in the early days of free agency and beyond that, having enough cap flexibility to put the kind of help that Dame is demanding they put around him. So I think it's an inevitability that they're going to move him. The question is, are they going to be able to fetch enough in order to jumpstart the rebuild that they're reluctant to admit that they're going through? Well, here's Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Uh, he was on with Freddie and Fitzsimmons on what possible packages for Dame could look like. I think when you look at a big picture, we all know what the Heat can offer, right? Miami can offer two first-round picks in 2028 and 2030. They can offer Tyler Hero. They can offer expiring contracts. Uh, I don't think you want to part with Caleb Martin. That's basically, you're not trading Bam out of buyer or Jimmy Butler. That's basically what Miami could offer. I think Brooklyn's interesting. If they want to jump in that deep end again, they can offer... Four unprotected first and maybe just expiring contracts. Maybe they send out Nick Claxton in a deal and, and Lillard would walk into a roster with Mikael Bridges and if they sign Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith, is that much better than what you have in, um, in Portland? 
I don't know if there's a wild card team out there. I don't think it's the Lakers or the Clippers or Golden State or one of those teams. I'd be interested if Damian Lillard's out of the point of his career if he wants to go play with Victor in San Antonio. As a wild card team, that would be interesting. But to me, it still is Miami, and ultimately, Dame wants to be there. And that Dame's was the first team out of his mouth when he talked to Brian Custer on his podcast. Yeah. Like, I think the Brooklyn Nets of it all was a throw-in just because they're a team that has a ton of draft picks from other clubs and they could potentially broker a deal. So he didn't want Miami to be the only team in the conversation around him. But it's clear that if you're going to leave Portland with your sights set on being able to win a championship, Miami's the best place to go. Of course. There's no doubt about it. I think. I mean, think about this. With Jimmy Butler, one all-NBA player on that team, the Heat have been to two finals in the last four years. The last time Pat Riley had two all-NBA caliber players on his team, he won two titles in a span of four years, that being with LeBron and D-Wade. Why would you not go run with the Miami Heat? If you're Lillard, going from a franchise in the Blazers that you haven't been able to trust to put a winner around you, why wouldn't you want to go to one of the best-run organizations, not just in basketball, but in all of sports, that has a championship culture already in place? And I have to tell you, Caleb Martin was not keep me from doing it. Hell no. No, absolutely Hell no, I'll not. drive Caleb Martin to Portland myself. Exactly. And, Chris, Portland owes this to Dame. They owe this to Dame. Mm. Listen, I know they've mm. paid him a ton of money, mm. but he has been exceptionally loyal to that town and exceptionally patient with the situation. He's making a lot of money going forward. Why would Portland, at this juncture, looking at their roster realistically, think that it's a good idea to keep him as opposed to trade him away for assets? Dame is going to be getting paid through, what, 26, 27 right yeah, now? Yeah. At, at $63 million? How does that help you? You're not winning a championship in the next two or three years. And like we saw in Philadelphia when we were talking about the process, free agents don't want to run to Portland. But you, you just argued against yourself. How so? Because free agents don't want to come to Portland. So, right. I mean, if I'm, if I'm the ownership for the Blazers, I've got a star, an all-NBA player. This is somebody that people are going to come out and see. This is somebody that the fan base adores because he's been loyal to But he doesn't want to be here anymore. He well, wants to win now, and well, well, I can't get anybody well, around I can't, him. But I can't give him away is what I'm saying. No, I'm not asking I you can't, to. I can't give him away. Get as many assets as you can out of Miami. Yeah, I'm not well, well, that, that would That would be the hope. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. You might be faced with a scenario where Miami can't put together the best offer, where Brooklyn might have a better offer. You're talking about four unprotected first-round picks? Are, are, are you really? Are you going to scoff at that? No. Then we have well, to talk about it, Dan. But, but that's my point, though. You're they saying Miami owe owes it to Dame. No, 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 no. They don't. Portland doesn't owe it to Dame to trade him to Miami. Portland owes it to Dame to trade him to a winner where he can. Where Do you he, think Brooklyn is going to be a winner with Dame? I, I think it, it's it would be closer to being a winner, and people would be more likely to join Dame in Brooklyn than in Portland. He would be closer to winning in, in Brooklyn, and he would absolutely be able to get one or two players to join him there. Yeah, I don't think there's any Yeah, yeah I, I think that's more of a hypothetical, though, when you start talking about Brooklyn being a destination for prospective free agents. Well, it but, already has been before. It just didn't work out. Well, yeah, but, I mean, we're talking about what the team has. If they couldn't make it work out with KD and Kyrie, I, 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 just, I don't know that Dame in and of himself is going to be a guy that people are – clamoring to get to Brooklyn for. I guess if you're Dame, why wouldn't you want to go to a situation that's already built for you? To me, 
I wouldn't want to be parachuted into another franchise from a talent standpoint that is exactly where the Portland Trailblazers are now. I, I just Look, don't think that that makes a lot of sense. If there is a massive difference between the two packages, then we have to have a discussion, right? I, if he can get to Miami and, and Miami starts balking at what they want to give up, here's my problem. You know, uh, uh, how about the heat culture and all the undrafted players I've heard about the last few years that you found? Go find a couple more. You can trade Caleb Martin. You can trade your picks. You can trade the pick swaps. You can do it all. Okay, you and your 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 just precious heat culture can go find those other role players to make that work. No, I'm with you. Give Any, up more. Anything that's not nailed down, that being Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo, can go. Anything, anything can go. I need to keep Coach Bo in place. I got Pat Riley. If I add Damian Lillard to Bam and Jimmy, I got a team that can make a run at a finals over the next two or three seasons. I don't know. I don't know if Bam would keep me from. Making a deal, obviously. It would well, be he a wants to play with deal. Bam. Like Bam yeah. is his dude. So yeah. I mean, Bam. You would assume yeah. that in any deal, Miami would keep Bam because of the relationship. Thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, so that's I mean, fair. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I just here's the thing. I I feel like we get in trouble when we say the organization owes it to a player because Joe Cronin has a responsibility to ownership to do what's in the Blazers' best interest. Yes. And so I think for them, it's about getting the very best deal once you've made the decision that you're going to move on from Dame. You'd like to do right by Dame, but there's no guarantee. But I will also say this. Dame does have a degree of leverage because he's a superstar player. Mm-hmm. Like in stars, where they don't, when they don't want to be somewhere, they're not going to go to that place. They're not going to be traded. So if Dame lets it be known, I don't want to play for Brooklyn, guess where he ain't going? Yeah. Brooklyn. And, and to that point. We don't need a no trade clause. It, it, it again <laughs> would show other players down the road that Portland is not going to take care of in the end. Well, Portland, Portland needs hostages. They're not getting volunteers. Yes. yes. So that's why they have to draft well, which is why the picks are probably more important than the players. So with the package that Miami could put together, Tyler Hero and Caleb Martin being fine players, I don't think that that's as attractive or as important as the picks and the pick swaps. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. And look, if I'm Portland, I don't owe it to ship them to Miami. I owe it to ship them somewhere where I can get a really good deal and he's going to have a chance to win. If Dame does end up in Miami, where are they in the Eastern Conference? Are they the favorite? No. In Miami? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was if, the, if, he's, if he's in Miami, yes. are they the favorite? Over yes, Milwaukee, yes. over Boston, you, yes. you're picking the Miami Heat as the favorite in the conference? Yes. Unequivocally. Unequivocally. Not, not, even a, not even a second guess. Not even a second guess. Wow. Not wow. even. Because you know why? Dame, to me, feels like a guy that would fit so perfectly with that whole heat culture crap. Yeah. You know, like he would really embrace what that would look like. Mm-hmm. And he would embrace the idea of playing with Butler. I, I, think, I think he would grow a very, if he doesn't have one already, which I'm sure he does, I think he'd grow a very quick, high level of respect for what Butler does. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I don't think it's a question. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee will have to see what happens with Lopez and Middleton, yeah. whether or not they'll be able to re- re-sign those guys. There's always going to be questions around Boston, especially with Marcus Smart leaving. That's a lot of leadership it, out is, of the door. It, Boston right now, though, would you agree, I think they're the best team in the conference? Right now. Well, I mean, on paper, but I, yeah. I just don't know how trading Marcus Smart away is going to affect that locker room. I got more questions about Boston's chemistry than I did before they traded Marcus Smart. And we already had questions along those same lines. So I, 
The Boston situation makes me a little bit leery. The only place that wouldn't have questions when it comes to chemistry or when it comes to talent would be Miami in the Eastern Conference. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If Dame ends up in Miami, are they immediately the best team and the favorites in the Eastern Conference? It's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Plenty of you want to get in on it, so let's do it. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We start... With Trotsky on ESPN Radio. Trotsky, what's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, fellas? But to, to get straight to the point, absolutely not, man. Uh, Miami wouldn't be no better than Boston. They wouldn't be no better than Milwaukee. Matter of fact, all they are is a Phoenix East. Where's the bench? Well, here's the problem. Max Struess, they would still have on the bench. They were just in the NBA Finals. In the NBA Finals. Like, it's not like but that. But they're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to keep all those players if you trade for for uh, for Dame Lillard. Well, so Tyler Hero didn't even play in the postseason. But you're going to have to trade Tyler Hero to go. Yeah, to yeah, Charlotte. he Boston didn't play in the postseason, and they got to the finals. Yeah, that you see that doesn't that doesn't wash Trotsky. It's no no good there. And by the way, you're going to throw Milwaukee in there. You don't know who's on Milwaukee right now. You don't know if Brooke Lopez is back. You don't know if Chris Middleton is definitively back. You think so? So an all-star and a defensive player of the year. Yeah. You don't okay. know. You don't know if, if those back. guys are back. Okay. Yeah. That All might right. be a bit of an issue. Rick is up next on ESPN Radio. Rick, what do you think, bud? Hey, look, man, why would Lillard want to go play for Brooklyn with that bum Ben Simmons? And first and next, uh, uh why would he want to play with that ball hog Jimmy Butler in Miami? Why doesn't he why aren't the Knicks uh you know, going after him. They're going after Cat in Minnesota. I mean, Lillard, Lillard, in my opinion, is overrated, man. He's always getting injured, man. Why, why are you so high on that guy? 
Have you seen Dame Lillard? He's played in 60 games three of the last four seasons. What yeah. are we talking about? Have you seen him in the postseason? Have you seen him light it up? Have you seen how good of a shooter he is? If you're going to sit there and talk about a ball hog with Jimmy Butler, well, that's just silly to begin with because Butler didn't even play that well after he got hurt against the Knicks, and they Mitchell made it to the finals. Well, well, who else was scoring buckets for Miami when they needed them? Nobody. So you're talking about Jimmy Butler being a ball hog. If he wasn't going to score, then who was going to score? Yeah. Max Struess and Caleb Martin, those guys were no-shows in the NBA Finals. Gabe Vincent was the only one that was giving you something. Kyle Lowry off the bench. But you can't rely on that year over year. You've got to have more firepower. And adding Dame, to me, would fit seamlessly into the culture. I don't know how you can criticize Miami Heat culture or Jimmy Butler when they've been in two NBA finals in the past four years. And then, by the way, you actually argued against yourself when you said, why aren't the Knicks going Why aren't the Knicks trying to go get him? But he's, have you seen him? He's incredibly overrated. Well, seven-time All-NBA. Seven times. Carlin, seven times. Chris, you know what I'm getting tired of? I'm getting so, and and I hope it changes here in the next week or two, okay? Hmm. I'm getting tired of the continued scrolling list of players that the Knicks are going to go get. The, the, the guys who, of course, want to be here. The last one was just Bradley Beal. Of course he's going to be here. Of course they're going to trade for Bradley Beal. Who's next? Cat? Okay. Well, here's the pro- See, here's, it actually happened. But here's the thing about the Damian Lillard of it all with the Knicks. They don't need a point guard. No. Would you love to have Dame? Of course you would. What team wouldn't love to have Dame? You'd love to have him, but they don't need that right now. They got Jalen Brunson, who's an outstanding young point guard. I mean, so I, I just I, I look at it from the standpoint of this is not something that you need. Right now, the point guard spot is a position of need for Miami, and they have the kind of culture that would attract Dame there. Why? Because they've been in the championship rounds in three of the last four seasons. The Knicks haven't been able to say that. Last year was the first time they won a playoff series since 2013. So if you're Damian Lillard and you're leaving Portland, a place that you didn't want to leave because you want to go chase a championship, where do you think you have a better chance of getting that done? With Pat Riley in the Miami Heat or in New York with James Dolan as your owner and and, and Leon Rose and company? I'm sorry. I would pick Miami if I'm Dane. Maybe the Knicks can hire some more family members for him and try to get him here. Here's uh, Ross next on ESPN Radio. Ross, what's going on? Hey, guys, man. I just want to touch base on this Dame trade. I just don't think Miami's the good – I mean, fit-wise, it's good, but how are they going to retain all those players and still be competitive in the East? you got a powerhouse in Boston – that's got Chris Porzingis now, J, JB and JT, and they still have a viable bench. They didn't lose anything but Marcus Smart, who was a liability late in the, late in the games. So what they're doing now is they're putting all the leadership into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which is what they should have been doing all along. So, I mean, I don't understand how Miami would be a competitor after, after trading away all their pieces to get Dane. Well, first of all, Miami had four undrafted players in their playoff rotation. Yeah. So this is an organization that's proven time and again that we can find and develop guys that come into this league even if they're not draft picks or if they're later round draft picks. So there's that aspect of it. Secondly, to the Boston of it all, do you trust Joe Mazzula once you get to the championship rounds? Can we say that we trust him? No. I know Brad Stevens is pot committed to him, but can you say you trust him? No. I know I I trust Eric Spolstra. 
Yeah. I trust Pat Riley. I know what they do once they get to the championship rounds. There's no world in which you could say that Miami was a more talented team than the Boston Celtics. And they had a 3-0 lead in the conference finals. And they won the conference finals on Boston's home court. What I, the hell are you talking about? And I, I wouldn't even use pot committed on Missoula. I know they went and added these guys as the assistant coaches. Chris, I could see a scenario where later in the year, if the Celtics are not playing up to their level – they're not going to screw around. No, I say pot committed because they got rid of a team leader and the best defensive player that they had in Marcus Smart. Okay. And remember, when the Celtics got to the NBA Finals two years ago and when they had that turnaround in Ime Adoka's first season, where did it start? Was it on the offensive end or the defensive end? The defensive end. It was end. defensive end. Yep. And, and so I, I wonder what that team will look like. I can't even get from a chemistry standpoint and a defensive standpoint without Marcus Smart. I can't even get Missoula to say the word defense, let yeah. alone play it. Buck is up next on ESPN Radio. Buck, what's going on with you, bud? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think Golden State should uh should trade Chris Paul and Kaminga over there to uh, Portland, and uh, Golden State try to go get a, a big man, a center of uh, and Lopez from for Dame. That's what I think. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Paul and Kaminga. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, that'll get it done. <laughs> and, and, and some draft picks. <laughs> That's one of them two K trades right there. Oh NBA two K. <laughs> yeah, where you're just trying to jam everything in that you can to actually get it to go through. Go hit the trade machine on ESPN.com. I love playing with that. Yeah. I don't even think the trade machine would find a way to let yeah, that that's, work. That's just not gonna happen. That's oh not gonna God. happen. That's not gonna happen. Listen. But I just hey, here's the thing. I I. I I don't know that you could find a better landing spot for Dame when it comes to being able to compete for a championship. When you marry need and the culture that he would be walking into, I just feel like that's a seamless you fit. You can't. It's a seamless fit. I mean, all of a sudden you're talking about being right there, eye to eye, and maybe looking down at the Milwaukee Bucks and eye to eye, and maybe looking down at the Boston Celtics. It's a good fit. And it's probably going to become a louder conversation once we get to and through the first weekend in free agency. Trade them to the Warriors. <laughs> uh, can you imagine him with Steph and Clay and Draymond, Draymond resigning? The Warriors' luxury tax money would be about. I mean, their entire payroll with luxury tax would be about two billion. Yeah. That'd be a lot of money. It's Kenji and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'm not even exaggerating all that much. Also on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, which running back gets left by the side of the road in our ESPN NFL rank em. That's next. Kenji and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and Series XM Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier today on Greeny. Can we normalize having one, maybe two buttons undone on a shirt? Dan Orlovsky had the same thing going on Get Up yesterday. He didn't have one button button. He didn't have one button button. I don't understand what the hell is going on. Listen, they're giving you a You might as well not even wear a shirt under your blazer or sport coat. Hey, they're giving out a free show. What do you want me to tell I don't want to see your taco meat. Here. Keep that for your wife at home, honey boo-boo. We don't want to see that on national TV. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. Hey, if the people demand it, you got to get it. Listen, bacon, eggs, and toast. I don't want bacon, eggs, and Han's chest hair. Han did slide in there that he was doing a little manscaping. And he had which I also did, which I also didn't need to know. Yeah, well, yeah. he did slide it in there. Yeah. So Han had three buttons undone. Three today. buttons undone yesterday. Dan Orlovsky wearing what I first thought because his picture was in the upper corner the first time I saw him was like a club shirt. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was shiny. Yeah, it did. It had that little <laughs> it, sheen on yeah, it. Yeah, it did. But then you go closer, you realize it's a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. All four buttons unbuttoned, and a chain underneath. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't get it. Make he's, it make sense. He's trying to look like Conor McGregor. <laughs> he looked like Buster Rhymes from the BET Awards the other night. Like, I, I just I don't understand why you need to do that. Uh, boys, what was up with Orlovsky yesterday? Yeah, so Bubba and I went down to eat lunch in the calf. We're sitting outside. Orlovsky walks by, and he's obviously wearing that same shirt. He had like one button unbuttoned, so I think he unbuttoned it all the way for TV and then put it back up to go out in public. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I thought you were going to tell hilarious, me. That's hilarious, by the way. Oh, that amazing. makes it even worse. Uh, uh, so, I, he know, so he knows he shouldn't walk around in real life like this. But when he gets on television for his on-air persona, he has it all undone. <laughs> Who the hell does this guy think he is? You know, I thought for sure Cam was about to say, when we went down for lunch, you can sit outside on the campus of Bristol. Yeah. I thought it was going to say Dan was outside shirtless like A-Rod in Central Park back in the day. Yeah. Richard <laughs> Jefferson is the worst culprit of it all, though. Could have gone one of two ways, but yeah, we were surprised to see that he looked very uh, prim and proper once he got off the television set. Clearly, just doing it for show. Yeah, I think he was like doing com- it for the grand. I think he was coming from Sports Center, so maybe he buttoned it up for Sports Center, but he did not button it back down. So he was uh, what, is get up the nightclub. I guess so. He was uh, he rolled he rolled right out of the club onto the get up set, and then he was ready to go with his unbuttoned polo. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow, I, I just I have no words. That's, I have no words. That's amazing. I just want us to normalize, you know, having all of the shirt buttons done or just one undone. That that that's all I want. What about I two? I don't think that's too much to ask. Two is never acceptable. I mean, listen, if 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 you're in Miami or if you're in a warm weather climate, well, I could see two. Let's say I you're understand let's say two. you're challenged around the neckle region, right around the neck. Yeah, if it's a little snug. Okay, perhaps one makes it. Not quite comfortable. Okay. Yeah, okay. So two. All right. There can be extenuating circumstances for two. Okay. But but when we start getting beyond two, that's just way too much. You're doing way too much. By the way, when we had Sal on and we asked about it and he immediately said, 
Oh, you mean like Alan Hahn this morning? <laughs> yeah. That was threw fantastic. Threw him under the bus, backed over him, all yeah. of that stuff. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. You're right. That was amazing. And Sal was the opposite direction. Sal says all the way buttoned up, which is like almost too professional for me. But he's a classy guy, obviously. See, again, I uh, all the way buttoned up, I, I just I can't. Yeah, with this neck, I no. might put somebody's eye out because the buttons go fly off. Like, that's a little, dangerous. A little restricting. At that point, it's dangerous. <laughs> With my neck or your neck, big fella. Oh, God. <laughs> that could be a problem. It's Kenty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Might start turning Radio. blue on air. Not might. <laughs> Not might. Will. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, right now, over the next several weeks leading up to training camp, ESPN Radio will have our NFL Rankem Top 5. Today, it's running back. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Prescott has had a fantastic... Windows my whole career. want to win the Super Bowl. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's... Rank them. The top five running backs. So yesterday, Canty gave you the top five wide receivers. So today... I did the running back, so let's start at number five. Number five. Here's what's interesting about this. Mm. Canty came in this morning, said, I made a list. You won't believe who I had trouble keeping off the list. And I said, I know who it is. It's Travis Etienne. Yep. And he said, you're right. And, it, and the reason is, Travis Etienne only had 220 carries last year and rushed for 1,100 yards. That's 5.1 a carry. He is number five. Travis Etienne is a guy that in Doug Peterson's offense, it's not surprising to see that number, only 220. Doug doesn't love to run the ball. He's Chris, he's going to have to start running the ball more when you see that level of production from Travis Etienne. He's a really good player. Number four. Josh Jacobs. I know he led the league in rushing last year, but one year does not the number one running back make unless you're Keyshawn Johnson. 53 catches last year was also a career high. I love where Josh Jacobs, uh, where he is headed here. I think he's got a couple of good years in front of him, but he is in at number four. Number three. Derrick Henry. Listen, you guys can sit there and say all you want about how it's almost over for Derrick Henry. When Derrick Henry, his career is dead, show me the body. He rushed for 1,500 yards last year. Do you realize that? 1,500 yards, and in three of the last four years, he's done that. I am not going to besmirch the good name of Derrick Henry and say that he is not a top-five running back in the league until he is not a top-five running back in the league, and right now he's the third best. Number two. Nick Chubb does not get the love he deserves. Nope. He does not get the love he deserves. Chris, career-high 1,500 yards last year, 12 touchdowns, over five yards a carry. Nick Chubb is a tremendous running back, and the Browns were talking about trading him this offseason, still very much in the middle of his prime. Nick Chubb, number two. Number one. This is easy. It's Christian McCaffrey. The guy does it all. You look how well he fit when he went over to San Francisco. When Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he is a dynamic player. And up until this past season, uh, the year two, year and a half before that, he just wasn't healthy. I'll take him. He's going to catch 80 passes like he did this past year. He's going to rush for over 1,000 yards like he did this past year. And he's going to score you at least 15 touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. 
your evaluation of said list. I'm surprised that you don't have Austin Eckler on the list. Okay, that's fair. Austin Eckler has been getting busy. Nearly 3,200 yards from scrimmage over the past two years and 38 touchdowns, more mm-hmm. than anybody in football. The touchdown numbers are way up there. I would say, though, that and when he plays in every single game. Yes, he, he does. He plays in every single game. I would have him right now sixth. That's where I would have Austin Eckler right now. So you would, you would have Austin Eckler in front of Saquon Barkley? I would. Wow. Here's the problem with Saquon Barkley, folks. Mm. As great as you want to believe that he is when he's on the field, take a look at what happened down the stretch of last season. The last seven games of last year, he didn't have a 100-yard game. He only had four on the year, and they all came in the first nine. Mm -hmm. And he averaged less than four yards a carry for the last seven games of the season. That is not great running back material. Saquon Barkley had his best year as a rookie. He's had one really good year since. I'd put him seven or eight right now. That's where I've got him. Uh, And here's the thing. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think that's where Saquon Barkley and the Giants have friction in this ongoing contract negotiation and why I don't think it will result in Saquon getting a long-term deal. It's because of exactly what you said. Joe Shane and Brian Dabo looking at the production or lack thereof from Barkley in the second half of last year. Big fella, I think there was only one game where he rushed north of 70 yards in the second half of the season yeah. last year. Yeah. That, that, I mean, how do you survive when you have that little production from a lead running back, and how do you justify paying that guy $13, $14 million a year on a four-year deal? I'll tell you something else that would alarm me a little bit from last season. He had a fantastic game opening week against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 164 yards, I think, on 18 carries, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even less. After, so for the year, he averaged 4.4 per carry. Yep. If you take that one game out, he only averaged 4.1 the rest of the way. Yeah. That's not great. This is problematic, and for all of us who want to sit here and point to Saquon and say he's going to be the biggest key for Daniel Jones, Saquon needs to be the biggest key for Saquon this year. I will say this, of all the running backs that we've talked about, I mean, ETN, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon, uh, uh, Eckler, from all of those guys, I am more skeptical of Saquon repeating what he did last season in 2023 than any of those other guys. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree I'm more. I'm more scared. Like I, 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 and I understand the value of having him on the field goes beyond just the numbers because of how easy he makes the game for Daniel Jones. But you have to ask yourself as an organization, what is that worth to you? Does it make sense to extend this guy and guarantee him $25, $26 million, a year, uh, $26 million on a long-term deal? I don't know that it does. I get that Saquon Barkley was more responsible for the Giants' success last year than Daniel Jones was. But the Giants just aren't paying Daniel Jones on what he did last year. They're paying him based on what they think he will grow into in future years. And I think that's a part of the math when it comes to what to pay Saquon Barkley. It's not just about what he did last year, but what we think he will do in coming years. And based on how negotiations have gone, they think Saquon Barkley is close to falling off a cliff. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So the future of the running back position has been a big topic of conversation. We've heard Saquon talk about it. 
We've heard Austin Eckler talk about it. He wanted to hold out, requested a trade earlier this offseason, ended up getting a couple of incentives put into the deal, basically. We've heard Melvin Gordon talk about it. We heard that cut yesterday. Josh Jacobs is franchise tagged right now. Here's Orlando Brown Jr., who was uh, at the studios at ESPN yesterday, was on NFL Live, was also on the 6 p.m. Sports Center, answering the question, why are running backs so frustrated? I mean, it's a lot behind it. Uh, you know, these are very special players with the ball in their hand. And, you know, we think about it, you know, you use Saquon Barkley as an example. I mean, if this guy was a receiver running routes, I mean, he'd be 20 million plus player a year, you know, what he does. Dalvin Cook, same here. Uh, but these are guys are running backs that, uh, you know, play an undervalued position. And nowadays with the way the NFL has gone, being such a pass-centric offense, uh, you know, so often you see a lot of these, uh, running backs, you know, being undervalued. And Josh Jacobs just had a heck of a year. I mean, he's a special player, obviously, Austin Eckler. And, I mean, these are guys that I personally would love to block for. Stop saying they're undervalued. They're not undervalued. If they were, they wouldn't be touching the ball 25, 30 times a game. They're not undervalued. What teams are recognizing is the prime of a running back's career is their first five or six seasons. And that's when teams have them on those rookie deals for the majority of those years. And it's why you don't mind taking them in the first round. Exactly. So why am I going to pay you top dollar, top of the market money for less than the prime of your career? It doesn't make sense. The, the, the workload, the punishment that those guys take is why they have such a short shelf life or why they have such an early prime. Look at Ezekiel Elliott's career. The prime of his career was the first four years he was in the league where he had two rushing titles. That's it. That's what you're going to get from a running back. So the position is not undervalued. Teams recognize the value in it. They're just not going to pay for something less than your prime. At other positions, the prime of guys' careers is in their latter 20s. For a running back, it's in your early 20s. That's just the reality of the NFL and the reality of that position. Listen, at this juncture, if you're the Giants with Saquon, you have gone as far as you want to go, as far as whatever their offer is that's on the table. Yep. The only way that gets changed is if John Mara decides to change it. But and why I- would John Mara jump in and supersede the authority of his GM and his head coach when they've given the organization stability, something they haven't I, had over the last decade? I totally agree. And if I'm Saquon's agent, like that's the only thing I'm trying to do is appeal to his you know, sense of what Saquon's been to the organization doesn't matter to me. At this point, Chris, if I were the Giants, look, this is the deal. You could take it or not. And if you don't and you want to sign the franchise tag, we'll let you go for next year. That's fine. We'll let you off the hook. We will not franchise you next year because if I'm the Giants, like where else is the true value in it? See, th- that's the thing. When it comes to contract negotiations, the, the leverage that players hold is – being able to withhold services. If I'm not willing to play, then that's when I have maximum leverage. For a running back, that's not going to work out for you. Like, look at Le'Veon Bell's career arc once he held out and didn't play for an entire year. He was out of the league two years after he got his bag. That's not what you want. So I don't think it's a realistic possibility for Saquon to sit out. The thing that I would say for running backs, it's hard to get paid unless your team is in the middle of their championship window. For Josh Jacobs, for Saquon Barkley, it's going to be hard to accomplish that. Yeah. Zeke Elliott, you know why he got paid? Because the Cowboys felt like they were in their championship window, and guess what he says? I'll be in Cabo until you're willing to pay me. So out of the three running backs that have the franchise tag, 
The only one that I could see getting a long-term deal done before July 17th is Tony Pollard. Why? Because the Cowboys believe they're in their championship window. And by the way, if you ask the Cowboys now about the Elliott deal, they would not do it again because it ended up killing them down the line and they ended up having to trade away Amari Cooper as a big result of that. It is not an enviable place to be right now for Saquon Barkley and the rest of them. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.